Hello, welcome to the True Who Podcast with me, Sherrod Hector, and fresh off of his return from jury duty, Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? Relieved. Yeah. They did, <laughs> I wasn't selected. I never, I was vardired out of even being selected to have a chance to be selected. Uh, uh, it was actually a very positive, it was five hours of boredom, but very lovely jury waiting room, super organized. Everyone's very nice to each other. Uh, when you're as down on the country as you and I are, you find any <laughs> kernel of gold and, and rejoice. And it was a very nice civic experience. I've done it before. It was okay. Yeah. I, I would love to see Vladir for when they ask David questions. So, sir, do you have any reason that why you wouldn't? Yes, I hate America. Okay. Juror <laughs> yeah. number 10 is excused. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't hate Americans. In fact, I'll be, to be honest, I have served before and it was a nightmare experience. Yeah. And I heard you and Henry yeah. joking about it. I was picked as foreman. I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy about it. It turns out. Really, we thought you. We thought you would be. No, I, you're, I'm you're happy coach, to sure. be. A, I'm happy to be a follower too, as you know from this show. I do. I do have opinions, but I take direction very well, and uh, probably why I've been married happily for 32 plus years. And this was a bad experience, but um, I should never have been selected. They, they, the guy represented himself, and when asked. So they don't have a problem with that. I raised my hand. Yeah, my dad was an attorney my whole life. Like, I know what it means when no one will represent you. But the guy was so fucking dumb, he didn't realize that he should have kicked me off. They, they took the first nine people that walked in the room. He didn't kick anybody off. So it was a, it was a, it was a bad experience. But this time, like I said, it was, uh, I didn't want to serve. But I told Henry, yeah. with my dumb luck, it's going to be some minority being accused of some crime. And I'm going to say, fuck mm. it. I've got to stand up. And say yes. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, if I thought someone was guilty, I would always vote my conscience. But um, yeah, for sure. I don't believe that's how the average person votes anymore. Uh, or or in the, in the case of uh, a jury selection, um, I don't know that they always are, are thinking the right things. But anyway, I didn't have to do a damn thing. And so all I've been doing is watching NBA and G League and a little World Cup, which we'll get to later. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get to World Cup later. Um, I, I was... <laughs> I was, was joking with Henry as you heard on the show. I was like, what if David gets called in on a capital case? Oh, my God. I, 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 that, honestly, and I don't, I don't know what the laws are, Gerard, but, like, I'm an independent businessman. I, I can't afford yeah, – yeah, I can't, can't be, be gone. Right, I can't be I out for two months. Well, yeah. I've read the laws. Like, if you could hire someone to replace you, well, I, I can't do that. I can have people help me, right. but they can't be me. Right. They just can't. Right. I just – I have 30-plus years right. of experience doing something that not everyone has. So. Right. But again, I, hopefully it'll be a long time. I think I've been called four times, and I'm 57. Oh. So I think it's that's a lot. Yeah, I've only had to like. serve once. The other three times I didn't get picked. I'm hoping that it doesn't happen again for a long time. When I'm 70, I'm opting out day one because you can do that when you're 70, <laughs> at least in Florida. Anyway, <laughs> wherever I'm living, if it's even in America, I'm opting out. I've served my time. I like it. I like it. Um, speaking of civic duties yeah. and you know larger contextual issues, uh, the Lakers won last night, but we'll. Not really talk about that that much. Um, LeBron had some uh, interesting yeah. comments after his his media availability. Um, as those of you who know and follow basketball, LeBron grew up a Dallas Cowboys fan, which is always interesting when you don't live in Dallas, <laughs> you live in Akron, Ohio. But you know, I get it. You know, popular teams, whatever. Um, LeBron uh, stopped being a Cowboys fan. I want to say either this year, or last year, he made a thing about like not supporting the Cowboys anymore. Um, mainly around things that the team was doing um, as it related to. Was it the uh, protest? I want to say. I yeah. think it was the George uh, Floyd protest on the, not yes. George Floyd, Kaepernick too. Ka Ka right. Colin, Colin Kaepernick, Floyd yes. Around yeah. Jerry Jones' uh, Jerry Jones's, the, the Cowboys owner's feelings about that. 
Um, as those of you may know, a picture surfaced from uh, the 1950s. Yeah, 57, I think. Uh, when Jerry, 57, um, when school desegregation was happening in the South. Um, and a picture of a teenage Jerry Jones uh, at a high school uh, standing with a, you know, a bunch of other white kids at the time in front of their school, um, you know, not being pleased that their school was being integrated. Right. Um, and allowing black black children in um, it's a still black and white photo. So I, you have no idea what Jerry Jones was thinking or do. It's just he's just standing there. It's all you see. You see him standing there with the with the other the mobs of white children. And I want to be clear about something, by the way, on black and white photos. Um I'm saying that it's black and white because that's what it was. Um, 1957 was not that long ago. Okay. Like that. I mean, it just wasn't right. That, that is recent history. There are people very much alive. My, like my Jones, a senior who in high are, school and she's still alive now. Yeah. Th- yeah. There you go. Who she, were around right, in the 19th college next year. Yeah. Correct. So this is not some like, Oh, but that happened a million years ago. No, it didn't. Um, anyway, so there was some some pushback about that, a little bit of scuttlebutt um, around the photo on the Talking Head shows. But LeBron, in his comments, said, you know, I'm surprised that none of you all asked me about the Jerry Jones picture. And he said, and then a reporter, I think, was about to chime in. He said, hold on. He said, because when it was the Kyrie situation, every single day somebody came in here and asked me, asked everybody about it and talked about it. And when I hear Kyrie say, you know, I know who I am. And, you know, I want that same energy when there are other things uh, of import. You know, this is LeBron felt like in this moment, this was an opportunity for media to ask questions about it. They did not. And this is his point about keeping that same energy. And now the conversation is going to be, well, LeBron, but that's the different sport. Those people don't care. This, that and the third. Here's how I see it. Um, Multiple things can be true at once. Of course, they're going to ask you about Kyrie Irving, LeBron. One, he was a former right. teammate. Two, he is a current player in the NBA. Three, he is the vice president of the National Basketball Players Association. So yes, they're going to ask you about it. That can be true. However, it can also be a situation where LeBron is correct in feeling that it seems like whenever we, and when he says we, meaning black people, do something, our feet are held to the fire. We must constantly be made to apologize and do all these things. Yet it isn't the same for other groups of people, in this case, white people. And that can also be true, that the standards that black people and black athletes, in in this case, are held to are different than white people. Both things can be true simultaneously. Um, And I think for me, how I see this, it's a very complicated issue, David, in that when the Kyrie situation happened, it seemed as though there was a collective belief and you know, rightfully so, that anti-Semitism is wrong and everyone should come out and say they are against anti, anti say they're not anti-Semitic and also disavow anything that, like that, right? That 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 is a clear-cut case. But many Black people do not feel the same way when it relates to racism, right? That people don't also agree in the same manner. And this is the keep your energy feeling that LeBron was referring to in that instance. Now, the difference, of course, is that LeBron, as an NBA player, is required to do media. NFL owners ain't required to do shit, right? They don't got to talk to anybody. They don't have to answer any questions. Now, Jerry is your atypical owner in that he loves doing media. has his own radio yeah, show, right. loves, wow. being, loves being out in public and just talking. And you can actually ask. Jerry's like, oh, I'll talk about that photo. It's fine, right? Like, th- that's just who Jerry is. And he's a man of his time. I, I, I will say that. But... 
the accountability, right? So the, the question should be for media people, don't ask LeBron about that. Go ask other owners when you're at the owners meetings. Hey, what'd you guys think of that Jerry Jones photo, right? Do the same kind of thing where you're consistently asking about things that you ask players of. Do the same for the owners when they have those availabilities. Again, they don't often have availability because they don't have to speak. That's that's the beauty of being in charge. I don't got to do anything. But when there are owners meetings, which NFL reporters do go to, that is your opportunity. Don't just ask about CBA and all that. No, no, no. Do the same thing where you drive the point home and ask and do, do you apologize, Jerry? Why not? Like the same things you ask of players, demand them of everybody. You always say, David, decency, right? That's not hard, right? And if we demand that one level of people be decent, well, everyone should be decent. The only thing I'll add to uh, all the things you said is um, LeBron it has that super special platform. And um, I don't want him to phrase it as, why didn't you ask me? I want him to tell us his thoughts. He did nothing wrong by phrasing this way. I just think it's even better. Just You're allowed to opine on it. You can say, you know what, I'm, 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 I'm off that guy because of his choice to basically potentially punish his players for protesting peacefully an incredibly egregious thing like officers of, of our government murdering unarmed black men. Uh, and, and then I see this latest thing and then give us your, I don't even know what his opinion is. I, be, I'm, I am curious just as I'll be as curious as what your opinion is. I don't necessarily, I, I definitely don't value his opinion more than yours on this subject, but I think it's an interesting mm-hmm. thing. He does have a lot of followers. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like athletes using their platform as a pulpit. I, I potentially like it. I'm the opposite of the Fox News commentators who don't want them to. <laughs> uh, remember, I grew up in my house with Muhammad Ali was right. a very, very revered celebrity. Uh, and my mm-hmm. dad grew up Republican. He changed years later. But he greatly respected my, both my parents. For whatever reason, they loved Muhammad Ali. So like, I read, I was reading his books when I was in middle school. He was just a big mm-hmm. deal in our household. So, uh, and we know about Bill Russell. Like, I, I Jim Brown, mm-hmm. um, we, I can't get enough of that. Uh, and, and even if I don't agree with their opinion, just like when celebrities sometimes right. opine, I often will say, well, what do I care what they think? They're just celebrities. But if they're, if they're connected to a cause, then, then I, mm-hmm. I prefer to listen and either agree or disagree. But I, I, I'm glad they use it. And don't just do it to sell perfume. You know, if that's mm-hmm. what you want to mm-hmm. do, fine. But you're not going to gain my interest in, in, in more right. important topics. Um, and very quickly on the subject of, I, I don't, you know, I don't nothing about Jerry Jones. I don't, I'm not sure I've watched the team play 10 downs of football in 25 years, <laughs> but in fact, I'm sure I haven't watched him at all since Emma Smith retired. I was a big Emma Smith fan, um, at least when he left to Born go to the Cardinals. It. So, um, I, I, I don't know how Jerry Jones was back then. Uh, right. I, I care to some degree, but I care a lot more about what's happened since, which to me is where mm-hmm. I think it really could have gotten interesting. If LeBron brings it up like he did, and we start, I, I know nothing about what minorities who work for him say. I'm, I'm curious now, because quite frankly, mm-hmm. even if that picture showed him with an angry face, and we've seen mm-hmm. some of those pictures of white people with angry faces, mm-hmm. and you know what they're yelling. You know mm-hmm. what they're yelling, even in these still photos when they were in high school. Um, even if he did that, but had since 
disavowed his his former beliefs like I have when I used to think gay mm-hmm. marriage should only be for straight people when I was 22 mm-hmm. I thought that and mm-hmm. when I thought women shouldn't be allowed to fight in our army because I was an idiot that's 30 <laughs> some odd years ago I and I I've not just changed my views but I'm public about it and I'm happy to mm-hmm. argue on, on behalf of my new opinions to anyone I can if Jerry Jones has been a, a, a really good voice for right. for pro- progress great but when you side with the national anthem over unarmed mm-hmm, black mm-hmm. men being murdered by cops, mm-hmm. yeah, you're yeah. suspect. You're very suspect. <laughs> so again, I'm not necessarily judging people who didn't break the law 50, 40, 30, 20 years ago, but it makes them suspect. And let's see how they're doing now. And people like LeBron keep opening it up, hold the media accountable. Even if, listen, if the media is allowed to say, Gerard, listen, like what you just said, he's an old white dude. He doesn't, we're not covering his sport. We never thought about him for one mm-hmm. second. If it was the guy that owned the Suns or another mm-hmm. t- different story. Okay, but LeBron, do it the next time too. Make the media say, mm-hmm. you know what? No, we're not going to cover that. We're going to cover this, this, and this, and here's why. Because you'll catch them at some point when they really did screw up. And we should hold mm-hmm. the media accountable, just like the media is holding others accountable, as they should. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, on the Jerry Jones front, look, he was a teenager in 1957. I, I, I'm a believer in no one, none of us should right. be judged by our worst moment. I don't even know you if that's no Jerry idea. Jones' worst moment. Yeah. I, I, I have zero idea. What I do know is, a, I think it was 15 at the time. Think back to your 15-year-old high school yeah. self. Some major event is going down at school. Whether you are directly involved or not, where are you're, you? You're there. At that right. thing. <laughs> right that's just what yeah. you do when you're that age yeah. you are there now a 15 year old boy in arkansas um during that period in our history you can it is safe to assume he likely might have held prejudiced or racist views that is very likely given the time frame and what was that's very possible we don't know because he hasn't addressed or said anything and to your point david that matters less than well how does jerry feel right. now yeah right and not just about guys who play on his football right. team, right? About actual equality, right, among all people. What and politicians kind of things, is right? he supporting? He on... That Correct. matters. That's, That's money. What matters mo- That's what yeah. matters more now than what was right. in a photo. And again, he was just right. standing there, you know, however many, 40 yeah. years ago, came to the mass, yeah. 60 years ago yeah. now, right? Like that's that's what you have to ask yourself, right? And we don't we don't know. But again, I would love it. And Jerry's fine talking, as I yeah. said. He he has his own media platforms. Jerry will happily talk to you, you NFL uh, reporters. So those of you Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys have nine billion beat reporters. One of you ask, yeah. right? Like just yeah. ask. It's good. Let's yeah. see what happens. He, I had no idea he has a radio show, but uh, mm-hmm. okay. I mean, J- J- Jerry Jerry loves yeah. being uh, hearing himself talk and being a you know that's that's, that's who he is. Listen, his <laughs> all right. Uh, 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 his <laughs> his career was built on the the uh, the talents of two black men from Florida and a white and a, and a country boy <laughs> white dude from California, Troy Aikman. Right, that's it. That's the three guys. Well, his his, his football that's what I talents. Mean. Yeah, uh, his money came from okay. Something else. His football yeah. career. Oh yes, his 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 business career came right. from oil and other. Yeah, Jerry's right. you know. Jerry, Jerry's that dude right. from, uh, you know, in, in, in many ways. Um, on to the, to the floor in the Lakers really quick. They actually won a game last night, um, and LeBron shot yeah. the ball well. He has not been shooting the ball well in the games he's played this season, but shot it really, really yeah, well. Yeah, he's, sh- he's been shooting well of late. He's had two monster three-point shooting games recently. The team is shooting better. I think he's at 
I want to say it was at 26% from three the first month of the year, like around 38% now. It's a big deal. And th- the reason why I, want, I put it in the document, Gerard, is um, it's pre- he's, just, he's still pretty amazing. This is, this is an old man. I'm telling you, he tried to get a tip dunk yesterday, and the rim blocked it very easily. <laughs> Not that he can't jump. I don't know if you saw his Thomas right. Bryant gave him a pass. With, it was LeBron cut down the lane, and LeBron looked as, yeah. like, as impressive as he's ever looked on a dunk, but he had a running start. He just can't. Yeah. He's just yeah. not the same guy. He's not the same guy offensively. There was a lot of talk about Nemhard's three that beat them the other night. But what people only Indiana people know this. But I talked to a Pacers fan the other day um, and uh, some agents that were involved in the game. Uh, Nemhard guarded LeBron extremely well. This is a 22 year old point guard rookie who was he pretty much stoned LeBron on a bunch of possessions. Even two different times during the game, I watched it on Synergy for, for a completely different reason. I was looking at something else, but I heard Quick Buckner say, uh, LeBron just want to dribble the ball around Nemhard. And he didn't. He was just passing the ball as soon as he got it. Uh, that being said, he's 37. How old is he? And for him, shoot the way he's shooting the ball now. Uh, he, he's going to go down as the most accomplished individual player of all time. Uh, he's going to beat Kareem. He's going to get the assist record too, isn't he? I don't know. The Stockton assist record is, I don't think he's, he's going to catch that, that one. That one's well, so he's finish no, number that two? one's well out there. Two or three? Maybe two. I mean, three, yeah. Well, top five. Like either, look, we, I've said this on this show a million times. You agree. It's really three guys that can lay claim to that greatest of all time title, right? In terms of, you know, greatest careers and the accolades. That's it. Like everybody else is just not there. You look at what the all NBA is. It's unbelievable. It's just three guys. It's It's, three guys that have the bulk of that stuff. And he's just such a different player. In fact, I was talking Mm -hmm. to Gerard. I was talking to a young player in the NBA about LeBron preparing to play him. And I said, you need to understand that this is an old fucking guy now. He's amazing. (laughs) But just remember, there was about a decade. So I started helping NBA players the year he joined the league, 2003. All right. So I spent my whole entire career in this business trying to help guys solve that problem. How's that worked out? I told him, I said, I told him, I told this player, like there was a a long period, a good decade plus where there was just nothing you could do. Nothing, nothing. He was smarter than you, quicker, faster, stronger, better in every way, shape and form, had the disposition to dominate, didn't take plays off. Mm -hmm. You were just, basically what you said is you need help. You just need understand now there's nothing you're going to do that's to solve him. It's going to require help. And then you hope his teammates miss shots. There's really nothing else to do. And, and that isn't the case anymore. Like all these players, they age out a little bit. I remember doing the same thing with Dwayne Wade. When Wade was in his prime, forget there's nothing you can do. You need help. Here's some places to force right. him on the court. Here's some things to help. Like don't jump for his shot fake. This is for Wade. But when he wants to get a shot off, he's going to get a shot off. You're going to have to get help. And then, they, you know, father time kicks in. They slow down some. But mm-hmm. I, I, I have, you know, LeBron, the Lakers and LeBron can be laughed at right now. But it's a mistake to forget what this guy is still doing now at his age. It's, it's literally nothing short of extraordinary. It really is. Still performing at uh, all-star level. Um, counting stats he are is, great. Yes. You know, the mind, he's still smart Way smarter. on the floor. Yeah. The body just can't. It can't do it like in, at the same at the same speed, right? That 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 then that as as I've said before on this show, that's the cruel irony of sport. The older you get, oh, I know everything now, but your body can't do it as well and fast anymore, right? That's that's your yeah. challenge, 
right? And it's, you know, you, you'll watch a game with LeBron's in and you see him at the opposite end of the floor. You see a guy like Nemhard or Benedict Matherin and you're like, God damn. It's like, you know, I know how to outthink these dudes, but I can't outjump that no. guy. Like, I'm telling you, when he, I can't when he went for the dude. tip dunk and got blocked by the rim. <laughs> I, no one's talking about it. Probably no one even watched it. It was just on League Pass. But I just remember thinking, man, it's it's it, that's not used to be the case when he went for a tip dunk. Because yeah. he was standing yeah. vertically under the rim. That was yeah. It's not easy to vertically dunk at, at 37. No. It's it's easy when you're 27 and a great athlete and all that. Um, yeah, it just he just needs a running start now. That's all. Yeah, it was him. By the time comes for us all, right? As as we well know, um, David. You know, I wanted to talk about something. It was interesting uh, at, at the Barclay Center this week. Earlier, I was having a conversation with uh, two of the athletic writers, uh, Mike Borkinoff, who covers the business of the NBA, and Alex Schiffer, Nets beat writer, and Mike Scotto, who works for um, uh, I want to say Real GM. If I'm not mistaken, Scotto. Apologies if it's not Real GM. Um, and we were talking about the future of NBA basketball, uh, USA basketball. And I'm excited, as I said on this show before, I love for France, I love for Embiid to play for France because he's a French citizen. He's a U.S. citizen as well. Um, and I love for France to toss out Wembenyama, Embiid, and Gobert as their, as their front line. And I'm like, man, it's 21 feet, more than that, 21 and change. Just not getting, you know, it's going to be tough to get any rim, any shots to the rim against those guys. And then the three of us started talking about, well, now that you mention it, what's the future of USA basketball look like? And I was like, no. Oh. And we really were sitting there going, okay, who are our guys? And we make the assumptions that the Kevin Durant generation, so anybody around his age, they're not going to play anymore um, in 2024 in Paris. So who are our best under 30 talented people? And I came up with a list, and I think it's a good list, but you and I, Coach, will talk about some problems that this potential team will have in 2023, this summer coming up for World Cup, and 2024 for the Olympics. Uh, World Cup, by the way, is qualifying for the Olympics. And so we'll have to do well in order to, to to make the Olympic team, to make the Olympics. Okay, I got Jason Tatum on here, but I have a star next to his name because Tatum already won an Olympics uh, in Tokyo, won a gold medal. And then lost and the NBA finals because he ran out of gas. Correct. So one, he may not do that again because he already has a gold medal. And if the Celtics continue like they're right. doing right now, they're going to be playing <laughs> right. deep into June right. every year. So he may not want to do that. So I'm going to move him to the star cat, maybe. We talked about Embiid already. He could play for France or okay. the U.S. And he's also someone who plays deep every year, has an injury history. So he may be like, I don't know. Uh, Devin Booker also won a gold medal with, with to in Tokyo. And he's 27 or 26. But, you know, playing deep into the playoffs every year, he may be like, I need a summer off as well. So those guys were taken away. All right, here are the rest of our list. John Morant, Donovan Mitchell, Zion Williamson, Desmond Bain, De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Trey Young, Jalen Brown. Now, the reason why Jalen Brown is there, you'd be like, Gerard, he plays for the Celtics too. But Jalen Brown hasn't gone to the Olympics yet. He hasn't won a gold medal, so maybe he might want one. Darius Garland, Jared Allen, Jaron Jackson Jr., Bam Adebayo, though Bam already won one in Tokyo. Brandon Ingram. And then I go to, like, Mikhail Bridges, Kevin Herter. We start getting Hold, hold on a second. Are you forgetting yeah. one name, a player I know you love? Maybe the best shooter in the league the last two years. Big muscular guy. Looks like a football player. Plays for your Grizzlies. Okay. I said Desmond Bain. I, I said, you, you I, had I, a lot I, of names, and I'm an old man. I okay. did. Yeah, 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 so yeah. Desmond I got, Bain. I got Desmond. Yeah. Yep. That's a yep. hell of a yep. – that's really good group. Very talented group. You have a group. good point to make. Go ahead. They are not right. experienced playing international right. ball. Um, 
I don't, I'm not sure which of these kids, kids, right. I mean, well, they're younger than young me, so they can be yeah. kids. Which, which of these young men have been as part of the select camp and done the thing? I'm sure some of them, but not all. Yeah, no, it's a very, very good point. When you said it to me off air, the, the word you used was seasoned. And as someone who's mm-hmm. got a lot of yes. experience in national basketball, because um, I've coached a lot of players that play on the other teams that we're trying to beat, uh, it's, it's a different game. It's a different game. And uh, it, it, I, listen, I've been doing this a long time, and I've, I've definitely tweeted and said some really dumb things because it's hard to see the future. But I've also written and said some smart things. The smartest thing I ever did, and you can find it, is when I first saw Rudy Gobert in summer league for the Jazz in Vegas, Mm -hmm. uh, I wrote and said, um, if Team USA ever loses a game in the Olympics, it's going to be like a Rudy Gobert team. And my thought process was, you can play zone legally, and it's easier to play zone because the court's a little bit more contracted because the line is a little bit closer. And um, a guy like Rudy can just shut the paint down. This was my thinking when I wrote this when he was a rookie, whatever year that was, a decade ago. And uh, there's just a lot of pressure on shooters to have to make shots when you just can't get in the paint. And if you're the only game we had lost for a long time was to Greece. And in that game, Henry interviewed me. Uh, it was a, he, we were at ESPN and he interviewed me about the game. And he wrote an article about the interview. I wasn't, I wasn't really doing much for True Hoop because it was just Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, no. And I said, nothing to worry about. We shot terribly. And we always could lose a game we shoot terribly. But uh, mm-hmm. Greece played out of their minds. We're going to be just fine. And then, of course, we won 50 some international games in a row, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But there is always that chance when teams can take away the paint that we're just going to have to rely on shooting, which is why when you read that, read that list, all I'm thinking about is who's our, where's our shooters? Because mm-hmm. and that's why you say Bridges, good. Cam Johnson, those guys are good players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and having yeah. NBA, this is the irony of this, having NBA playoff experience, Gerard, helps you be able to deal with the pressure of playing for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. It hurts you because you're worn out, you're worn down more. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Feinstein wrote an amazing book, and I've just forgotten the name of it, about uh, the Ryder Cup. And it starts mm-hmm. with a scene, you remember the, the old golfer, he just coached, he just captained our uh, Ryder Cup team, Davis Love III, our President's mm-hmm, Cup team. Of course, yep. Uh, it starts with him talking about missing a big putt in, in a Ryder Cup and saying he threw up all over himself, which is like a saying for golfers when you're missing a five-foot mm-hmm. putt. These guys are money when they're playing for money. But when they're mm-hmm. playing for country, and also kind of ironic, it's not ironic, but coincidental. They had a reason to love their country. These rich, these rich white dudes that grew up in a country club, <laughs> not the same for a lot of our players. They, it's amazing they fight yeah. as hard as they do for their country that, as Doc Rivers yeah. said eloquently three years ago, hasn't really loved us. Nonetheless, mm-hmm. that's what these players are doing. And there's so much pressure when you're doing it yeah, for us it collectively. Is. You're not doing it for the money. You're not doing it for yourself and your own yeah. family and team. It, that's why that seasoning, that's your word, is so smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we still have a target. We're still America. So it'd be different yes. if we were – in fact, I think we're better off sending younger guys and let them be underdogs. It takes some of that pressure mm-hmm. off. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know that we will. I don't know what's going to happen. Who's yeah. even going to coach us? Is Steve Kerr? Steve yeah. Kerr is the coach. Grant Hill has took over for Jerry Colangelo oh, as I the director of Team oh, USA. I, oh, awesome. Yeah. But something interesting, we used to say – or the, so we, Team USA used to say, two-year yeah. commitment for these guys. Grant Hill said, we're not doing that anymore. We have to just be mindful of the time. And Because we, of what? Because we of playoffs that. and everything? 
because the playoffs and just it's a lot of the summer is these guys right. off season. That's what Forget I mean about yeah. training and skill yeah. development. This is recovery yeah. time also so they can get ready for the right. next season. Now I'm telling you for two straight summers, you're now really going to have an off season because I need you to be here for summer camp and World Cup in 2023 and Paris in 2024. A lot of guys may not want to make that when is World commitment. Cup? Uh, World Cup is in July. August, okay, so August, later. August, that's August, good. August. Yeah, I figured mm-hmm. that because all the seasons end in June around the world. And so, you know, this is this is a challenge we're going to have coming up. It's sort of figuring out what's the best mode to go. And I think the team's going to have to look a lot different, right? Even with when Colangelo and, and, and Krzyzewski took over, they were like, no, we want guys that are commitment. It was still very star heavy. It may have to be more of like actual team building and look like Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson. Like, no, no, good role play guys who fit specific yeah. functions. I need you to shoot and defend your ass off. That is your job. Okay, I can, that's what I do for my home team. I can do that. And I think another piece that's interesting, Coach, and I want your thoughts on this, you know, I'm watching World Cup in Germany in particular. A lot of the German uh, national team play for Bayern Munich, which yep. is the top team in the German yeah. Bundesliga. There's some advantages to that, right? Because those guys have a lot of familiarity because they're used to playing with each other. When you look at the Olympics, and it's hard because we have trades and free agency and all that, but teams that have young cores that you can keep to, that, are, that are together – you're like, you know what? We want that pod to come together. A Zion BI pod from New Orleans. A John Morant, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson pod from Memphis. You take these little pods that you're like, all right, I'm not saying we're going to run all Memphis stuff, but we're definitely going to run some time where the three of you are out there together because y'all just know how to run off each other. I think that is something that, you know, you might want to look at too. Yeah. I, I think the most important thing is just that we keep an open mind. Ideas like yours and others. Um, I, I know I'd like it to make it a U25 tournament. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't even mind if it was U22 and just keep the young people in it. Uh, and and there, because as someone who deals with a lot of professional international players, um, almost unanimously, I have voted against playing for the national team because I recognize mm-hmm. what it's going to do to their bodies over the course of time. Mm-hmm. And in, in most cases, uh, and this is not the case for Team, team USA, in most cases, these national teams are cheap. These athletes are used to the best of everything, and I would not call that spoiled. I know what they have to go through. It, it, it is hard. Most of us don't. I mean, I struggle to do two rounds of, like, core training for 10 minutes a night. These guys are killing their bodies. Um, uh, and, and, their, and their countries are cheap. Their federations are cheap. Uh, Team USA spares no expense, for sure, as, as they shouldn't. But um, normally, my pro players from overseas, by the time they get to year seven, year eight, year nine, where they've been captain every year, whatever, they're like, right. what am I doing? We, you know, we, mm-hmm. We're fucking still eating dog food for dinner or whatever. We're staying in bullshit hotels, <laughs> doing bullshit practices all the time. I'm exhausted right, and we suck. Right. You yeah. know, there's yeah, only a few yeah. teams. So I'd, I'd like, and I don't care if America ever wins, but I like the idea of under 22 right. or under 25, whatever, for, for globally. But uh, we just need to, I think, uh, I'm glad Grant Hill is thinking that way. I, I wish the world would think that way. I'm not confident that they are. So um, no. if it turns out we lose because we're trying to protect our NBA players, uh, I cover the NBA. I, I cover the Olympics secondarily. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm with you there, too. I think ultimately, you know, that's, it's, I talked about this with Henry on, on Monday about, it's like a sport like swimming, right? Like. The only time the world cares about it is at the Olympics. You could be the three-time defending world champion. And as, as I've said about swimming in the past, the world championship meet is often a faster and better meet than the Olympics. 
but if you lose the Olympics, oh, this guy sucks. Oh, this girl sucks. It's yeah. like, no, like it's just the Olympics yeah. is just this different yeah. thing. It's almost not really what you've been doing for the three years yeah. prior, right? Same thing with, with USA basketball. Like nobody cares about Team USA basketball until right. we lose. Then it's, you know, end of the world, you know? So it's, it's a lot of, that's a different kind of pressure to be dealing with. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, folks, stay tuned because coming up next is we're going to talk about a player who was not on our best under 30 players and coach has some thoughts about him. So stay tuned. Okay, and we are back. And coach, your well, not your favorite, your favorite player is Max Thorpe, <laughs> but one of your favorite players isn't playing yeah. so well right now uh, uh, up in Toronto. Scotty Barnes is struggling a little bit. Yeah, I did a show when he is uh, in Toronto a couple weeks ago. Um, they asked me about him, and I, I don't, I don't know Scotty. Um, uh, we both know my son well, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously, I know Messiah and all those guys, but. Um, I can only guess as to what's going on. And one of my guess I have a few, but my main guess is this summer, he enjoyed being Scotty Barnes. I saw him in on Instagram or whatever, playing a lot of fun pickup games, but I, I'm not convinced at all. He really trained. He may have worked on a shot. His shot does look better. I don't know what he's shooting from three right now. There was a long time. He's shooting pretty good. I'm not looked recently, um, but his game wasn't sharp. His he's mm-hmm. strong, big as hell. But his game wasn't sharp. And as I said to a player the other day who had a really big game, a uh, young player, I told them, if you don't stay humble, you're going to get humbled. Like, it's either your choice or it's going to be done to you. But this is the way the league is. And we'll talk about rookies later on today. I, I wrote about some today and yesterday. And Scotty, I think, just felt like, all right, I own this place now. And the league reminded him, no, you don't. Yeah, we're all, we're all coming for your throat, to quote Adina, coming for necks <laughs> <laughs> from way back in the day. Adina said that. I love that. Um, and, well, it's easy to fix. Go to work. And, and you don't got to wait to the offseason, as I tell players all the time. Yeah. Ten minutes a day, every day, extra work on something will fix problems pretty quickly. That's what he needs to do. Because Toronto is an interesting team, but they, they need to have yeah. Scotty playing well to be, to be at their best. Yeah, he's uh, struggling, shooting 33% from three, which is better no, than last year. That's down where he was, though. But he's down from yeah, where he started the season. Uh, and his two-point field goal percentage is down big time. He shot 54% from two last year, 47%. And that's, and that's because on less right, and that's because he was better with the ball last year and could get better spaces on the floor, I think. He's just not as good. He's not as sharp now. And his energy is not quite the same. And this is what – and I'll talk about this with the rookies. This is the mm-hmm. challenge of all these guys is – you just you can't take your foot off the gas. You have to keep working. You have to be relentless in it, both in your training and then the way you play. And he's a human being. And so hopefully he'll snap out of it. No, uh, 100%. And, you know, Coach, you're talking about young players and j- the difficulties uh, that this league has. I mean, we always, this is the best basketball league in the world. So you, you ain't going to come in here and just no. dominate from day. And that's no. not how this game works. Like, you, you got to bust your ass. Like, you know how hard it is to be – Stephen Curry, Giannis, LeBron, Kevin Durant. Like, it's really fucking hard to be as good as those guys. Yeah, you got to be talented. That's the first thing. You know what I mean? Talent, it ain't happening. But you have to work your ass off to be that good. And those guys, they'll, they'll tell you. They've, had, they've all had humbling moments, right? Like, oh my it God. happens. because it, It's, it's just, never ending. Never ending. It's just no pro athlete would tell anything different. Yeah. Um, and, and a player, something that you, you, you say all the time for young guys is uh, playing time is like oxygen. And I got a chance to watch, I mean, 
as you know, my basketball love language is tall dudes who can shoot. So I was really high on Bull Bull when he was in college. I'm like, I think he could be something in the NBA. And I got so excited when the Nuggets drafted him in the second round. I was like, oh, we got Michael Porter Jr. And this guy, I love it. Um, don't know what happened in Denver. Maybe he wasn't taking basketball seriously enough. Who knows? Whatever. Injured, definitely injured a lot as well. Spent some time down in the G League. But he's getting playing time in Orlando, David, and he's doing some things. But he's still clueless on defense a lot of the time, right? And, and messing things up. But, uh, I mean, talk about guys who can shoot it, get to, I mean, handle. I mean, you see him do it all. Grab the rebound off the board. I don't need to pass anybody. I can just take it up myself, dribble, and get all the way to the rim and, and dunk. It, it's just he's been having some fun in Orlando. They still stink, but very happy that he's that he's playing well and getting a chance to yeah, play. Yeah, he's. Uh, I had heard. I caught when he was doing well about three weeks ago. I called a friend of mine that really kind of follows this kind of stuff, and I said, "What happened to him in Denver?" And and this w very very kind of a connected guy in the NBA said that he really had surrounded himself with some terrible people, like bad people. I'll just leave it at that. And that he thinks that's not the case anymore. I have no idea what else has happened or if that, I, I don't think this guy's lying to me. But we all know you can just get better at basketball. You can train harder, you get more serious. Uh, I had concerns about him as a ball handler because he's just so freaking tall. And just, you know, there's mm -hmm. Kevin Durant's one of one. So to think there's gonna be two like him is kind of silly. And uh, he isn't Kevin Durant, he's not as quick as Kevin. Kevin is just so incredibly quick in his prime mm -hmm. at that size but he's very fluid and his skill is there. He stops and starts well. He changes direction well. Mm -hmm. The game is easy for him. He's, he's not out of control. See, he's just a super talented player. Yeah, syrupy smooth. And uh, I don't know what he's shooting from three this year, but is it pretty good? He's shooting well. Is he really? Oh, yeah. He, I'm going to pull him up right now. He and, high 30s? Coach, like, it, it's the contest. You can't contest, no, right? Yeah, when he pulls up, yeah. he's shooting. He's shooting 40% from three. Wow. Like, wow. come on. He, with Paolo? You can't. Can, pa we're getting the young rookies here in a minute. Like, that's a scary duo right there. Because Paolo can really pass. If, if they, Bo can pass. And so, and Paolo yeah, can, can handle and pass too. And Franz. Like, yeah. Look, Franz they too, right. Figure, yeah, I just Franz hope that they give Jamal. He's only 6'8". Six, six, <laughs> get a little six, compared nine, to those whatever. guys. Yeah, it, if, they, if they just give Jamal a chance to really. Because I, I can see what they're trying to do there. And then who knows what they do with Jonathan Isaac when he ever yeah. comes? He's, that's a seven footer. Yeah, they've got to like, solve you know. the guard problems. In fact, um, yes. I had a conversation with an agent the other day. He's got a good young point guard in the NBA, but he's not going to start a point guard because the other the team has a has a better point guard and he's more older. And I said, yeah, but your guy has a chance to go to a place like Orlando because we don't know if Jalen Suggs is the answer. He might be. Um, he's young, mm -hmm. twenty. I think twenty, mm -hmm. twenty one. Um, he could be the answer. But they need to solve that issue unless they're going to play Bobo at one. <laughs> and they're playing Wagner at one. Like, he in games, they he's are. playing a primary ball, ball handler. He and is. Paolo yep. can be some primary ball handling. So they could go the Raptors mm -hmm. route. And if you know Jeff mm -hmm. Weltman, mm -hmm. uh, his group, they, they really like – they always kind of talk about length, length, length. And sure enough, that, that's how they're playing it. So, um, Wendell Carter Jr. is pretty good. Mo Bamba is pretty good. Wendell Carter Jr. Mm -hmm. might be good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. They got talent yeah. in Orlando. They, they really do. I, I think, look, we'll, we'll talk about bigs soon a little bit, but I, I just, because they were playing Brooklyn, and Brooklyn is so small, and Simmons, Simmons was not in, in that game. I was like, Jesus, you guys are midgets compared to these dudes. Like, they're just so much bigger you, than you. If everywhere. you ever want to get some insight into them, um, one of their assistant coaches is a longtime friend of mine. Like, 
30 years. Oh, oh, more than 30 years. Probably 33 years. Uh, he was with. All right. Next time, yeah. Orla- next time Orlando's back in town. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. He was at yeah. Portland for nine years with Dame, and now he's with Jamal. And uh, he's one okay. of the all-time okay. great guys. And yeah, I'll put you. I'll, I'll put you in touch with him. Yeah, yeah, no, because I'm just. I I think they really have something cooking there. Um, again, they just you said you got to figure out their guard problem, and then, you know, hopefully they actually start you know playing well and winning games. And they have their lottery pick this year, and it's sure probably do. going to be a lottery pick. <laughs> Wait, what if they got Victor? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean Victor, they're going to be in the running for it. Ballo. they're going to be in the running for it for sure. <laughs> Everybody on this, no, no one under seven foot allowed on this team. That's it. We're all seven footers over here. Yeah, this is what I we're like doing. <laughs> I'm I, fighting I for the small guy. Damn it! I'm only six feet tall. <laughs> um, you did a little update that'll be out maybe later today or tomorrow uh, on true about the rookies um, and, and what you're seeing. But you had something that you said to me off air. It's kind of tied to what we started with Bull Bull and how difficult this league is about, you know, rookies and Scotty Barnes and just everything. Yeah, uh, it's coming out today. They're, they're finished. I'll be at it now. Um, okay. So basically, I'm going to do this four times at the quarter pole, halfway, three quarter, and then the end of the mm-hmm. season. Uh, and just just kind of looking at the guys that, you know, playing the most. Um, mm-hmm. I think that we have to take the perspective of uh, Larry David. And curb your enthusiasm. And I was telling you, <laughs> I heard Larry David when he was asked, why, why do you name it that? It doesn't really make sense. It doesn't have anything to do with the show, but it has to do with his personality, which is, I see you having a great time out there, laughing and smiling, thinking the world's going, you know, your oyster. Eh, tone it down or not, will you please? Like, wait, you leave, keep it to yourself, is what he was saying. I need to be hearing it. And, and so I, I hear all this. You know, Shaden Sharp has his highlight duck and Paolo's doing this. And you know what? They're rookies. I don't know if we know anything yet. Uh, it's right. encouraging that Benedict Matherin's scoring 20 points a game. It's encouraging that Paolo scored all these points. These are, these are good omens. Sharp mm-hmm. is shooting well from three, like 40% from three. He's got some highlight dunks. Mm-hmm. He's fucking terrible. He's, I was telling you, he's in the first percentile <laughs> yeah. defensively for and, and dunks and threes. And that's in not a good. Way. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be 100%. Yeah. He, yeah. Steph Curry's yeah. 100% on offense. Shane's yeah. the opposite on defense. Uh, who cares? He's yeah. 19. He's 19 and a half. Like, he's a long way to go. And uh, at the, the, the success story is relentless work, relentless studying, relentlessly taking care of your body, relentless training in the offseason, all these things. Uh, anything can happen. Bull, bull, look what's happening now. Andrew Wiggins. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it took that long, and it took a different franchise to really kind of mm-hmm. unlock all that he could be. And even then, I don't think he'll ever be what we all thought he could be. If he had been a Golden State in year one, I think things would be different. So mm-hmm. I'm encouraged by Dyson Daniels' defense, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Benedict Matherin's scoring. Um, mm-hmm. Keegan Murray has been a big disappointment after having such a good summer league, but and we'll get to the Kings more later. It's a hard team to play with. And w- when we talk about, mm-hmm. I want to talk about the Kings Pacers game later on. Yep. Uh, it's tough for Murray. Jay Nivey looks like John Morant, Dwayne Wade all over again. He's so. F- I have a gif. I have a gif of him in the in the in this in the article where he's at the top of the key and he refuses the screen at the top of the key and in the blink of an eye he's just hammer dunking. Like no one. He's Russell Westbrook. <laughs> That's what it looks like to me. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of things to be excited about, but like I said, if you, if you don't stay humble and work, you're going to get humbled. And these guys all have to stay humble because even Paolo, as good as he's been, 
Uh, and even Jabari, Jabari Smith had a terrible start. He's very good these last four games on a team that is not easy to play with. I had one NBA player tell me, talking about Jabari, it's got to be so hard playing on a team where no one wants to pass you the ball. And so you shoot it because, you know, if you don't shoot it, you ain't going to shoot it later in the possession. Uh, Jalen yeah, Green is still like – his team is like 10 points worse or, or maybe it's 12 points worse than when, than when he's on the court than when he's off. Like, it's a, and he's, he has a chance to be great, and he has a chance to be a huge disappointment. It's, we have to just take a long-term approach. The John Morants and Zions are rare. Luca. There's a few yeah. of these guys. Mm-hmm. And, and right. in this class, I'm not ready to say that anyone's there yet. Yeah, it, it just – you got to – this is the hardest basketball league in the world. Like, I, it's just you're not going to come in here on day one and be that dude, right? And then, again, quitting, giving up on guys a year or yeah, two in, like, what if someone give up on you at 21 right. or 22, oh, I mean, right? Like, uh, I mean, I've said that so many times. <laughs> if I wasn't lucky enough to just stupidly – take a summer job before I was going to go be a writer in Chicago and met this hot blonde. If I don't do that and decide to stick it out, who fucking knows what I'm doing? Like I, I just got lucky as hell. And, and in the case of these players, first, first of all, finding a significant other can help for sure. Mm-hmm. I've had many players mature so much when they realize, Oh fuck, I'm going to lose this amazing woman. If I don't wake the fuck mm-hmm. up and get serious. Uh, and sometimes it's the franchise. You know, I I've always said, people always said, uh, Tim Duncan made the Spurs. I don't agree. I spent a week mm. with Tim Duncan in Gainesville watching him for the World University Games, and he was like our sixth best player. I've said this before on the show. Uh, we had Allen Iverson, Kerry Kittles, Ray Out. We, we had a hell of a team, but uh, mm-hmm. I think Pop helped him just as much become the amazing top six all-time whatever player he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, most players need help, and so it's on these franchises to do that. And they're so bad at it, most of them. I, I had an so, agent call me so yesterday bad. on this whole Team USA story that you were just talking about. But his approach mm-hmm. was, I need your help in getting involved in the league level uh, uh, with, with building better programs for our young players. We're just, we're not doing it. And our teams are not, this is what he said. It's not just for prep players in high school, college. It's our pro players aren't getting the guidance. He, he's literally, this agent said to me, you need to hire like five people and train to do what you do. I'm 57 now. I, I'm not looking to build a billion-dollar business from this. Um, I, I like what I'm doing just fine. I'll add some people maybe. Yeah. But he said these players have no idea how to play. And they're just really talented with no idea. And we're not seeing enough. He, as an agent, he said, my players aren't getting enough help from the teams they're with. And so and that's why I'm saying the franchise that do it right, you're really going to help your players a ton. And we talk about this, David. It's The incentives are misaligned. A coach is worried about the literal here and now every single day. How do we win tonight? Well, if that's my number one concern, guess what I'm not doing? Player development, right? Who are the five best guys that are going to get me to win tonight? And I'm going to play them as much as possible. That's literally what happens. So, well, now I got guys who aren't getting better because they have no chance, no opportunity. Not good. (sighs) The NBA. Um, Speaking of players who, you know, you got to work. A, a player who kind of was an all-star uh, when he was drafted in New York, Chris Dabbs Porzingis, went to Dallas. Everybody thought, oh, him and Luke will be great. Didn't work out. He was injured a lot there. Had some moments, though. People were like, oh, this guy stinks. Get him out of here. He's terrible. Washington's what they are. I saw him up close with Burzell last night. They're 500 after that loss. But Chris Dabbs is playing well this year. Really coach. well. Shooting it well. Rebounding. Like, look, this is, this is a super talented guy that, again, in the right scenario, healthy, 
and you know, given the right training and coaching, like this can a very good player who can help your team win games. A great player, a great player. And I was really skeptical of him, uh, and I was probably wrong, um, which makes me more skeptical of Jason Kidd and Luca. It, it did not work. It didn't work, it and didn't. he definitely was. It wasn't helped that he was hurt, and he clearly mm-hmm. looks like he's pretty healthy now. But um, he looks like the unicorn we once thought he was. And so, Jason, you're ten and ten. You have what well, I think that record mm-hmm. is like five hundred. They're under five hundred now, or, or, did they, or did that win against the Warriors I might think, have put them right I at five hundred? But they were below, yeah. and they maybe might have got right to five hundred. Mister Kid, like we're watching you, man. You got Luke on your team, I mean, it, and when when you, it, I always say this: when you lose a player, and that player blows up or gets back to where he was, well, now I got to look at what happened before, and that's on not just on Jason Kidd but Luca too. And so, yeah, we have a lot to look at there. But Chris Ops, well, you talk about Bol Bol too. Um, those are two between the two of them. Their wingspan's like seventy four thousand feet. <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> like I think the two of them could touch baseline to baseline if they held hands. <laughs> Uh, super skilled. And I watched tape on Chris Tops. Um, yeah, he's just the man. So he wasn't the man in Dallas and Mm -hmm. and he might need to be the man to be that good. Uh, or at least play with someone that's a little bit more, less dribbly than, than Luca. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's blocking shots to a decent degree. Mm -hmm. Uh, he Mm -hmm. just looks like the guy. And, uh, I know what Tommy Shepard was thinking, the president, him and Bradley Beal. Well, that's not working on anything but okay because Kuz was pretty good too. Yeah, their yeah, young guys yeah, have been yeah. disappointing. Abdiya, who I thought would be really good, has not been good at all. Hachimura has not really done much. Um, but the bottom line is uh, Tommy Shepard traded for a guy that a bunch, a bunch of teams covet now. So he's got yeah. two players that he can move to get a lot. No, absolutely. And I think you're right about looking. I wasn't thinking about Dallas. I'm like looking at Luca and, and Jason. Be like, you, you don't break up all-star caliber pairings just unless the two guys hate each other and you're like this can't work right and i don't know if that's the case maybe it was right. who knows but on a team on dallas right now that is so luca centric i mean you saw that warriors game on tuesday night mavericks up 17 the minute luca goes to the bench lead give it up right away because it's like the other guys when he's not there don't yeah. know what to do and i'm like this uh, this ain't good like that's not a recipe for winning basketball i don't know but anyway happy for chris Tops, uh playing well uh, you know, we talked about Bowl and Chris Dobbs, and I said to you off air, you know, this more than anything, all NBAs, whatever, this is this is the legacy of Kevin Durant, right? Rethinking what a seven-footer can do on the floor, right? As you know, in the past, a coach saw someone Kevin Durant's size when he was, you know, in high school would have been like, well, we got to get you to bulk up, son. Let's just put on some weight, get you in the post, and you're going to bang around with those with those heavy dudes. And it's like, I think we can keep him light and he can do some pretty, pretty nifty things. If, if we, if we work this out and have some imagination, right. And, you know, he turned into one of the great players of all time. And I was this week with bowl there on Monday with Chris Apps there last night, you know, watching Durant, he was incredible in both games, masterful yeah. 45 on Monday, 31. I mean, just like he's on a tear, tear shooting the ball tear. right now. And, you know, it's just so funny because he gets to the little room and it's like, Oh, Kevin, have you ever been in a tail like this before? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, uh, he's like, I, every time I shoot, I feel like it's yeah. going in. Like, I, you know, this is, it doesn't, but doesn't mean I don't right. feel like it is right. Every shot feels good. Um, but it is, it is awesome to watch because we don't know how many more years of this we have left. And I asked, uh, head coach Jock Vaughn after the game, cause Jock said, you know, 
I don't want to take Kevin for granted. And I said, and I followed up with him. I said, you mentioned you don't want to take Kevin for granted. But I'm like, is this sustainable, Jacques? He's got the most minutes in the league, high 30s. And he's, and Jacques, without, he was like, he wanted to say yes. He was like, it's not ideal. And I'm like, no, it's not, right? Like, that's a good answer. But it's beautiful. It, he's, and he said, he's like, we are trying to figure out behind the scenes what answer. to do, but it is, it is not ideal um because they obviously want him at his best later in the season um but david if he doesn't do yeah, there, his 45 points no on rate, monday no they don't yeah. win they're right and, and that's what jock said he's like i'm worried about da- how do we win tonight well the way we win tonight is kevin durant playing 38 to 39 minutes that's how we win okay but and their issue as a team as you know is because they were designed to have three max slot guys well only one guy is playing like an mvp level player the other two max slot guys aren't and that's just one's not even playing right simmons is out well he's out yeah correct yeah 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 so the evolution of the center um you know going back a long ways bill russell was an incredible passer couldn't dribble couldn't shoot um larry bird six foot ten magic john six foot nine amazing dribblers Mm -hmm. uh uh, magic amazing dribbler both brilliant passers larry bird brilliant shooter magic a great leader score and he played point guard um you 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 start seeing guys with size more and more. Then Dirk comes in, and he's just an mm-hmm. impossible cover because of his shooting. And then Durant comes in, and really, the guy he's most like is Larry Bird. People don't mm-hmm. ever think that. Uh, Larry mm-hmm. Bird destroyed people offensively at six foot ten, and it wasn't because he shook you off the dribble so much as he got where he wanted to go and then made plays. Mm-hmm. Durant's just a better scorer. He's more athletic. He's probably two inches taller longer, mm-hmm. uh, quicker, uh, mm-hmm. uh, isn't quite the passer bird is, although I, I'm not convinced he couldn't have been a great passer. Mm-hmm. It just almost by mathematical definition, every time he passed the ball, he, he decreased his cha- team's chance of scoring because mm-hmm. him at 10 feet contested is better than anything other than uncontested at the rim dunks. He's just that good mm-hmm. of a score. And I think he marries the two extremely well. Always have. Yeah. I always have felt like he's not a selfish guy. Because if anyone yeah. could be selfish, he should be the one that is, and he isn't. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're not going to see, you know, there's, there's going to be players that can play like him. There's, mm-hmm. yeah, Durant is just so unique and special. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned the whole under 30 thing, because we do need mm-hmm. to appreciate the guys that are, the Steph Currys, who, who right now might be mm-hmm. the best player in the league. He might yeah. be the best player in the league right now. <laughs> And that's phenomenal. Golden State's another one. He has to play all the right. minutes or else we ain't winning right. if he's right. not playing. Uh, Jordan Poole is a guy that I characterize as a possibility for Team USA, by the way. Because oh, he's such yes, a yes. – I think he's really quick and can shoot. Uh, mm-hmm. we need, we'll need, we need shooters, man. We, we need some shooters. We We're not going to destroy right. people inside. Yeah. Unless that be plays for us, America, which I hope he doesn't. Um, <laughs> I just, I'd rather him see him overseas or just take time off. I'd rather see him in the NBA. Or just, yeah. He, he may yeah, just do that. Uh, but, yeah, yeah Durant um, – well, you know, Magic through. I mean, I remember being in college and winning a bet. I'll never collect on it because I didn't know I'd won till later. But I had a, <laughs> a, a, a fraternity brother of mine named Howie, big sports fan, who guaranteed me Magic Johnson didn't play point guard in high school. I said, I've seen the tape. I, I know he played point. It doesn't mean he guarded point guards, but he played point guard. Right. Uh, he blew right. our minds at six foot nine. Uh, Allen Iverson blew our minds in a different way. Kobe Bryant blew our minds in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys that have changed the game uh, revolutionized it, like Iverson, like Magic, like um, 
Steph Curry and mm-hmm. KD and Dirk. Durant. Mm-hmm. Those are mm-hmm. those are true pioneers because of what they did at their size for their position uh, and the way they played. And uh, I, I don't know who's next. I don't know the next revolutionary kind of player. There may never be. Right. We've revolutionized almost everything. Jokic at five. <laughs> you know, yeah, Giannis have. at I mean, Giannis is a center and yeah. plays all yeah. five positions, just can't shoot. So maybe mm-hmm. there'll be a Giannis that can't shoot. Maybe that'll be the final one. The, the seven foot four, Victor, that's the final guy. He'll play all five positions on both sides. Maybe. Yeah, you're right. That's it. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Him. I mean, that's it. It, it is, but it's incredible to watch where the league has evolved yeah. to, like, oh, and yeah. just Come what on. guys can do now and the level of skill. It, it's fantastic. Um, you wanted to comment on something you saw. Two notes from the Kings Pacers game. The but the Tyrese Halliburton, De'Aaron Fox, Demontis Modis, Buddy Heald. Yeah, there was a <laughs> lot of. I watched the game for that reason. There was a lot of drama. <laughs> silly. Tyrese got a cheese ovation. They booed Buddy. I don't know why. That's being at Quinn Buckner for the Pacers said he had heard it was because, you know, Buddy was there four and a half years and make the playoffs. So then Quinn said, they haven't made the playoffs in 19 years or whatever it was. Like, yeah. I, I watched right. their last playoff series because Kevin Martin was a starter on that team in 06. So um, the two things about the game is one, the Kings play a dizzying pace of basketball. They're, so They're fucking flying and they wore oh Indiana, just beat LA in that great game. Uh, uh, they wore. Indiana out. They had them. They had them dizzy, running around in circles. The speed at which they're playing, which makes it hard for Keegan Murray, because he's like, hey, "Can everyone just slow down here? Hold on a minute. I'm just a rookie here. Time out. Just don't move. That's what we do in practice. Don't move. Let's go with this. Where everyone's in their position. And so it's unfair for him a little bit. But the other thing I liked is Indiana was getting waxed early, and I've just forgotten the name of their female coach, Vucek. Mm. Maybe she played. She yeah. played in Virginia. She played in WNBA and got hurt. She's coached in WNBA. Yeah, Jenny Vujek. Jenny yeah. Yep. Um, she she told the sideline report. I think at halftime, maybe it was the end of the first quarter. She's like, she said, "We got to get into the fight." Yeah, the sideline reporter reported, "We got to get into the fight." And I I just fell in love. Like, and I've said this many times. <laughs> men have men have a, men have a monopoly on nothing. And right. regarding this game, nothing. And, and by the way, have you seen the Instagram tape? Of these, you know, fifteen-year-old girls ducking the ball easily. Oh yeah, my yeah. god! Like it's coming, right? It's really it's coming. coming. We, but we definitely don't have a monopoly on knowledge and intelligence and, and, no. and insight into this game for sure. And that is exactly something I would have been proud to say when I first started coaching. I wasn't smart enough to probably. Uh, sometimes you just got to throw someone in the fight, let yourself get beat up a little bit, but yeah. battle. And I just, I just love that we're going to have a female head coach at some point and she's going to get For fired, sure. but it won't be because she's a girl. And I don't know that everyone's going to realize that it won't be because she's a woman. It's because we fire everybody, you know, yeah, it's freaking hard, yeah. but that's exactly what she should have said. And they, they did get in the fight for a while. Then they got their ass kicked because the Kings play so damn yeah. fast. Coach, I, oh my God, like Mike Brown is always yelling at them get up race up the floor it's like oh my like, literally like their hair is on fire and when you're defending that like that's just like to your point dizzy you're like ah, what am i supposed to do here right. they're constantly racing it's, and no like, one expected that mike brown was super slow guy in cleveland i think being a golden state probably helped him a little bit and sure. uh and darren fox is a joke he's he, he had a little well, bit of a slump i don't know how well he did last night he had three bad games prior but he was still making 80% of his shots inside three feet. 
But he was above 50 from 3 to 10 feet, above 50 from 10 to 16, and then in the 40, 16 to 23, and then he's shooting well from three. Like, he's an offensive – he's an all-star this year. He and Halliburton, ironically, in a sense, both are, because that trade worked with both guys. Kerr said this about Halliburton – about Fox. You know, he's one of the fastest guys in the league, and he used to be, all right, go under on screens because, you know, we'll we'll give him the three. He's hitting threes now. Now – one a player who's that fast already has yeah. that now. Well, not he's hitting everything. Like he's making, he's really a hell yeah. of a player. They yes, uh, Halliburton, Fox, Bain, Markinen, and who the hell was my fifth potential first time All Stars? Can't remember. But those four for sure. I was like, oh, these could be first time yeah. All Stars. They're playing. They're playing that well. They were. I mean, look, look time right. Everybody's ready to quit on De'Aaron yeah. Fox. Ah, that guy stinks. Get... Just need, just need a well now. Yeah, just needed some time. Um, you know, one of the things that we love at True Hoop is Coach Thorpe always has us ahead of the curve. League's going small, and you're like, eh, you know what? Teams that play multiple bigs might be pretty good. And we're seeing teams with multiple bigs. Surprise, surprise. Some of them not doing too bad. We talked about Orlando already. They're not good yet because they're mostly young. But Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, Cleveland, we like that too big look. Uh, we talked about the Bucks uh, on Monday, Henry and I did, and you and I did as well. Giannis and, and Lopez. They've even, they've even had some. Giannis had three, Bobby Porter said four, and Lopez had five. And when they go jumbo, yeah. then you're like, yeah. well, we got nothing yeah. now, right? Which is which is awesome. The Lakers, Thomas Bryant, AD and LeBron, the Pacers with Miles Turner and Jalen Smith. If a team can employ skilled bigs, well, when I say big, I don't mean like a, I just mean someone yeah, tall, tall who's or, also yeah. skilled, right? That just gives you such an advantage. Like you dwarf the other issues because you, as you always say, scoring over length, really hard to do in this league. I, I watch it because the nets are tiny. Their guards are tiny scoring. It's very yeah, look hard. At, look it's at your Grizzlies. You've got JJJ, Triple J and, and Steven mm-hmm. Adams. Like mm-hmm. it's just, we're seeing this yep. more and more. And I think I saw a stat recently about uh, offensive rebounds being up. Like that's what you're trying to do. You're trying mm-hmm. to match teams. Yeah. It's a zigzag, right? It's a uh, yin and yang, whatever it's, it's you, you're doing this to me. I don't have the manpower to do it back at you, so I've got to pivot and make you pay for the adjustment you just made to hurt me. This is the chess match of the league. And so the teams that are they're not married to an ideology, they're married to kicking the other team's ass by changing things up. They need a roster that gives them flexibility to do so. Yes. And when that happens, yes. I remember last year, uh, uh, Stephen Adams wasn't playing for the Grizzlies in the postseason. Mm-mm. And then nope. Kevon Looney in one game had like 74 offensive rebounds. Let's get rid of and that. And then you saw Adams <laughs> again. Like, yeah, you got you mm-hmm. to have some flexibility. Roster flexibility is a big part, I think, of the postseason success. But coaches have to be able to be pragmatic and change with the times, you know, minute by minute, possession by possession. Mm-hmm. And, and I think having those jumbo looks, like I said, with the Lakers, when Bryant's played some five, AD at four, LeBron at three, that's an interesting look. Uh, the Bucks with their big three. I did, I think we started seeing that. Um, I think we'll just see more of that over time. And as you've already been saying, we just have more and more 6'10 guys that can play more than just be a center. Offensively, mm-hmm. defensively, out on the court. Mm-hmm. The better someone is offensively on the perimeter, with the exception of maybe Crown Anthony Towns, because he's not proved he can do it, I think you really increase your chance of guarding the perimeter defensively. And, uh, and so now we're going to have more versatile players overall. Yeah, no, it's – listen, this is the future of the league, and, it, and it's wonderful to see. All right, you know what time it is, folks. Top five. How, how right, many David. How many think we're nailed exactly the same? 
I think we might have the same five. Just right, how many order. people I have think. the exact order? You oh, two? Well, I think we'll have two in the yeah, same. The first one for sure. Six. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe the let, let's one. get rid of We know Boston's one, right? Boston's okay, one. So that's one. So number five yeah. for me uh, with a bullet, because I think they're coming, yeah. is the Pelicans. Yeah. Yes. That's two yes, for us. Let's go. Pelicans, Zion playing more point guard. <laughs> Zion yeah. playing with joy. Like he's, ha- you can see it. I know how dark of a place he was in a year ago. At least I suspect I do. He is having fun. Yeah. And CJ's out. Listen, they're, David, they're top, they're one of only three teams, them, the Cavs, top and the Suns, top 10 in both offense yeah. and defense efficiency. Yeah. Okay. That matters. Number four for me, I, I would have had him. I had him. I crossed it out. You can't see it. I crossed it out. They were number <laughs> three, and I moved him down because uh, they played the easiest schedule in the league, but I've got the Milwaukee Bucks at four. Okay, so that's where we have our difference. I had the Bucks at two. I've got the Suns at number I had the Suns at two and dropped them to three because I had the Cavs at two because they played a much they played a number top ten schedule. That's your team. You're bailing on them already? The number three for no, you. No, Cavs are yeah, three. Cavs are three. So we have the same five and we got two matches. All right. We we got same five. Just different yeah. orders. Yeah. Yeah. I, I look the Cavs, you know I love the Cavs. As as you and I both agree, they're probably a wing player away. From being yeah, a real they get contender? OG out on Obi. It's it's a wrap. Oh, they're not going to get him. They're not going to get him. <laughs> right. But it's a wrap if they did. I really think that. Yeah. That. Yeah. And and Boston not really guarding well yet, but who the hell cares? Because they're lighting everybody up offensively. So it's like, did you see Tatum last night. Oh, he's unbelievable. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I don't want to forget this because you you brought it up earlier on the Team USA thing. I just now thought mm-hmm. of it when I thought of people like Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. Mm-hmm. Who I, and Jared mm-hmm. Allen, you said, is on the list. Oh, Mobley, yeah, I didn't mention, but, but Darius Garland, I did. on the list. Okay. Um, okay. We, we might need to take our lumps. We, we might, we might, I think we should say we're doing an under-25 team for the, for the World Cup. No matter World what Cup, happens, yeah. we're under-25. So no matter what, we have a bunch of, we have 12 players under-25 that now will say they have real national experience, and then we'll build from there. And if we lose, we lose. We have other chances to qualify, right, through, mm-hmm. through uh, a different yep. uh, tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if we don't make it, we don't make it one time. But let's, let's try to get another 10 years, 12 years success. That's what I'd love to see. Yeah. And you can just send the right. Cavs team. Just send the starting <laughs> five for the Cavs and then bring in another team as a backup, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. The, the Cavs and the Grizzlies. Just send both, just send both yeah, those just teams. Yeah, just replace right? OG young. for, for Okoro uh, at the three. And, uh, and we're good to go. Yeah, I don't know where OG's from. OG OG will play for uh, Team England, I believe. So yeah, oh, yeah, he's, yeah, we don't get we don't get OG. Yeah, they're not, when you really look at the, the, the players, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not happening. Speaking of um, national teams, congratulations! Shout out to Team USA's uh, men's national uh, soccer. I say football team uh, made it to the knockout round of the World Cup. They will play the Netherlands on Saturday. The interesting thing about the World Cup is the group stage, you know, you have a little bit of wiggle room, right? Because, you you know, you just got to advance out of your group top two. Well, knockout is now single elimination. Ain't no, there ain't no half-stepping in this one. So tactics are going to be huge in this one, right? There's win and you advance. And I think it'll be interesting to see what Greg Bolholter, the U.S. men's national team coach, decides to do. We got attacking players. Gio Reyna has still barely, not even played. Like, it, you know, him and Aronson, I think would be interesting. Like, do we ca- go with our strengths, which is we are so much better when we're on the move, attack, 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 or do we, you know, continue on? It- it'll be interesting to see. But uh, congrats on Team USA making it to the knockout round 
Saturday, Justin Netherlands, 9 a.m. I mean, 9 a.m. is the, the coverage. I think the game starts at 10. But by 10 right? a.m. Fox is yeah. lying. What a surprise. They keep saying 9. <laughs> they keep saying 9. I've read an article about this. Like, quit lying to us. Tell us what kickoff is. So I, 10 a.m. Uh, tell yeah. me if I'm wrong. I've not watched a lot. But I don't think Team USA has given up a goal that it wasn't a penalty kick. Right? Correct. That's pretty good. Yes. Yeah. Defense Turner travels. Plays goalie for Arsenal. Oh, he's, oh, he's, oh, he's a Austin backup for Arsenal. Yeah, he doesn't start for us. Uh, so he doesn't start, but like it's he, pretty well, good. Clearly, he's um, good. Yeah. And the mid, the, the team you'll say strength right now is the midfield. Yeah, that the Adams guy's unbelievable. Out. Is he a midfielder? McKinney, Adams, Moose. Yeah, like, Moose is so good too. Just yeah. Really yeah. playing we well. There are very little what guys. We're missing is we're missing that striker, right? Who is that number seven up top that you're like, oh shit, somebody look out for that dude. Who's our Mbappe? Right. Pulisic <laughs> is good, that. but he's not at that level. He's, yeah, his he's goal, not that. that was he's a great goal. I felt bad for him. Oh. He has, what a dream. You score a goal in the World Cup as the team's best player. Then you got to go to the hospital. And you fucking get <laughs> meat in the groin, more or less. And you play a few more. But you can't celebrate. Like, to me, that's the fun yeah. of go- scoring is the celebration. And he got, he got, he, he, says, got he was almost unconscious in pain. He, he will be ready for Saturday. He'll be, he'll be, he'll be here to play. So it'll, it'll be exciting. And it's exciting when, you know, a sport that we say as a country we don't care about, and I'm lumping myself in weak as I am American. But then when the World Cup comes, all of a sudden it's oh, you know, all the noise starts happening. So it it, it is interesting dynamic to watch. Yeah, I'll, I'll finish with this. Uh, it's it's we've made a number of uh, knockout rounds when we've made the World Cup, and mm-hmm. uh, I I don't really love our national federation for soccer. I have a whole bunch of opinions on that. I, I will say this, so I'm very sad for Mexico. They had made seven in a row I for know. supposedly the kind of country that people like the Trumpers say they are. Pretty amazing they mm. could do it. And they almost, they almost got there yesterday. They need a miracle and they almost did. got it. They did. Yeah, I, mm. I root for them. There's a documentary about the Mexico-USA rivalry. I've not seen it, but I heard it's really good. Oh, yeah, that is. That's, you know, that, that, that's a soccer yeah. rivalry. Uh, and get ready, because World Cup will be here in uh, 2026. Uh, they will play games in Dallas. They'll play games in L.A. They'll play games up here in New York. Um, well, New Jersey probably over at yeah. MetLife, but right across the river. It'll be exciting to see. Uh, Belgium, by the way, tied today, so they will not. No way, Belgium's out. Belgium's so crazy moved on. Sweet. Yes. Listen, the uh, the the golden generation of of Team Belgium didn't really end with uh, anything besides a third place World Cup finish. Listen, it's hard. You winning these kinds of tournaments like the, it's. You're not playing best out of set. This is hard shit to win. You need some luck. You got to yeah. – sometimes shit doesn't work your way, you know? Amazing. It's Amazing. what it is. All right, guys. Have a great weekend, and we will see you all on Monday. Take care.